You need to embrace capitalism. It is this hope which is the lever of progress. My favorite Fed. To keep one's reactions warm and true. They attack us because we're over there. Is to have found the secret of perpetual youth. Man, you're too pretty to be a libertarian. And perpetual youth is salvation. Salutations, Sastackers and Ken. You're listening to a boy named Sue. That is Mr. Susie Yu, a.k.a. Phil Gibson. Again, now on the Bitcoin Made Simple Podcast Network. Fabulous. Great to be here. And today I have a shorter episode, but it's pretty jam-packed and concise with great Bitcoin info. I interviewed Nicholas Gregory of Mercury Wallets, another Layer 2-ish privacy wallet we just get into it. It's a really great thing that they've come up with. Great innovation. And it's just amazing to be able to talk to these people and see the development of Bitcoin and things on, on top of it in real time. And these ideas of privacy and self-sovereignty just manifesting themselves. So it was pretty jam-packed. And I really do appreciate Nicholas for his time and as well as shout out to Shinobi who actually got this together I got to meet both of them in Miami and he's like Phil here have Nick on your show I'm like okay so that's how we got to where we are and honestly we also wouldn't be here without our lovely sponsor Shift Crypto go grab yourself a nice sexy sleek and voluptuous Bitbox 02. Do sleek and voluptuous go together, or does sleek kind of infer more slender, but voluptuous is curved? I guess you can have both. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's Luke's thing. He's I don't know what weird stuff he's into, but it's his favorite, sexiest, sleekest hardware wallet, and also pretty simple to use as well. And not your keys, not your coin. And if you listen to the News Made Simple episode. Yesterday, because this is airing on Friday, it's a fresh fill Friday for you. Then you would have listened to Bitcoin mooning and the whole run on the exchanges. And basically, the exchanges don't have your Bitcoin, man. And yeah, like I said, this is how Bitcoin moons. Because not your keys, not your coin. And there's going to be a lot of demand and people can't get their Bitcoin that they believe that these banks, let's call them for what they are, these banks actually have your coin on there, but they don't because it's not your coin. It's their coin that they don't have because they're rehypothecating it and they're insolvent. And that's how every other banking crisis occurs. So Bitbox02, you can snag yourself a discount with the promo code Bitcoin Made Simple. All caps, no spaces, Bitcoin Made Simple. Get yourself a 5% discount and tell them the Bitcoin Made Simple network sent you but tell them phil sent you because i'm awesome right that's why you're here that's why you're listening to this i think whatever it's my saturday today's thursday for me whatever anyway enjoy this conversation with myself and nick and again thank you nick for your time and all your dedication you're putting into the space. Thanks, Shinobi, for setting this up. And thank you to you, the listeners. And make sure you rate, subscribe, and review the podcast 
leave it five stars and share it. I'm, I'm very, very pleased and excited for the work I'm able to do with Corey and Luke. And I think a lot of great things are have, have yet to come, especially the more that we see this play out in the macro. So as always, own your failure because God knows our so-called leaders do not. Peace out. Sayonara. Adios until next time. Toodles. Salutations, Sass Stackers and Ken. You're listening to a boy named Sue. That is Mr. Sue to you, a.k.a. Phil Gibson. And today I am graced with the presence of Nicholas Gregory. And we are here to talk about Mercury Wallet and himself and what he's got going on. So, Nicholas, if you just want to do like a short introduction of yourself real quick and how you kind of got into Bitcoin. And I know that you worked in the uh, legacy financial banking industry as well, which is very interesting. I'm curious if you have any, uh, you know, uh, insider like stories or just seeing what life was like on the inside and how you kind of. Uh, compare contrast that to uh, the Bitcoin world, but uh, just just take it away. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me on your show. Um, yeah, my name's Nick Gregory. I'm a software engineer by trade. As you said, I used to work for the banks uh, first in London, then in New York. Um, so more on the trading side, and then I, I got into Bitcoin around 2012. Just um, you know, being in the tech scene, I saw it a few times mentioned in certain places. Then I, I had a friend who wanted to look at mining it. Got too late for the mining, but you know, ended up you know wanting to like help out, be involved, buy, play with it. Uh, eventually, founded a company called Commerce Block. Uh, originally, we were doing kind of like Bitcoin side chains. That didn't really work out, if we're honest. There was no real demand. But then we we moved to like building a different type of layer two for Bitcoin, and that's state chains. And from that, we've built Mercury Wallet, which is the first kind of state chain implementation. Yeah, and you actually found Bitcoin through through joining your, your local fight club in a way, and you were paying your, your sensei or whatever uh, in Bitcoin to join. And I think that same uh, instructor was teaching Roger Ver and oh, other times Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah. So you probably had, yeah, no, so you probably had the Nick Garter podcast. So though I used to, um, I still do train Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And I was in the showers with one of the instructors, as you do. And he was making a joke about how he got, you know, he, he asked, we were talking, somehow crypto came in the scene and he was in crypto. And he, he kind of made a joke about some student once kind of paying him Bitcoin and he was pissed off of it because probably felt it wasn't that much money. And then you know, we literally go on his uh, wallet afterwards on blockchain.com. I think his password could have been password or something really basic. And put it this way, his eyes popped out at how much money that Bitcoin was worth. So he spent five years angry and then you know, he ended up being pretty happy. Yeah. It's, that, it's student was Roger, that student was Roger there. So. Yeah. It's Bitcoin's the, the gift that keeps on giving when you least expect it graduate. And suddenly all that <laughs> fun Bitcoin cliches that we all love and appreciate is Bitcoiners. Yeah. So uh, just, just quick, any, any interesting anecdotes of working for the banking industry? Like what got you interested in, finance but then like also software well I was, I was working in distributed computing beforehand building kind of like calculation grids working for object databases so i got into banking when they you know banks were looking at pricing derivatives much more you know doing monte carlo simulations on them so i came in as a, an experienced person in distributed computing but i guess after to be honest the first year year and a half I, it was a lot of fun i was working on the trade floor you know a lot of parties it was, <laughs> it was a fun place then 2008 happened and obviously a lot of 
the financial situation was stained. And, but then a lot of the software you were building then became very regulatory heavy. You know, everything needed five databases, everything needed two project managers. So I guess it kind of got boring. I got to a point where I'm, I can't do this for the rest of my life and started looking at the startup scene. You know, consulted for a few startups and through there got into Bitcoin. But, yeah, know, that was my journey. <laughs> so let's get into really what is Mercury. But I mean, let's start with the, the company you started. What was the main problem that you saw in Bitcoin? And why is it that you found state chains? Maybe explain what exactly is a state chain, like explain like in five. And also maybe the, the dif- differentiation of using Wasabi and coin joining versus what uh, Mercury al- allows w- with coin swaps. So I guess let's start like the problem solution that you found coming into Bitcoin and why you saw that this calling to create what you created. Yeah, so I think, you know, I'm a fan of Bitcoin clearly, but I think when I first got into it, clearly there, there was usability issues like you know, the 10 minute block time. <laughs> yeah, you're not, no one's going to wait at a coffee shop for 10 minutes, you know, hoping, and that's not probably longer than that really. But anyway, so I wanted to get into Bitcoin layer two. I saw it as an interesting protocol and I wanted to work on software building on top of that. And, you know, the idea of state chains came from a guy called Ruben Samson who wrote the paper. And, you know, at some point during Bitcoin's, uh, while working at Commerce Block, me and my co-founder looked at it. And, you know, at the time it was seen as something that couldn't be built because of limitations of Bitcoin. But we felt we had some ideas around that to make it work. And yeah, we decided to put a year and a half into building it. And essentially what is a state chain? It's, it's really is a side chain for coins. So you know what a UTXO is. It's basically a representation of, of a certain amount of Bitcoin you have, which maps to the private key. A state chain lets you move around private keys. So it'd be no different than me writing a private key on a piece of paper and then giving it to you. Now, you probably think that's great, but think of all the problems. Like, you know, what happens if I remember the private key? So, yeah, there's some funky cryptography that basically allows us to move private keys around where we're sharing the key, the key with a, a, a centralized entity. And at no point that centralized entity has custody, but it cooperates with the, the current user of the, of, of the state coin, which is on the state chain, to move around that coin. And you know the, the, the term we normally call it is like a virtual open dime. You've probably seen open yeah. dimes. These are virtual open dimes. Their ability to private, pass around private keys. And you know we don't see it as a competitor to say Lightning or, or you know, side chains. It's just an alternative. It's better than Lightning in terms of like you don't need liquidity in the network. Uh, it's not as good as Lightning in that um, you know, you can only send private keys around. So if you've got four Bitcoin or 0.4 Bitcoin, that's all you can send around. You can't break it into smaller terminations. So in that level of sense, it kind of complements Lightning quite well. So it's, it's an alternative to scaling. And I think it should be in the stack of you know, scaling Bitcoin. You know, you have some liquid side chains, you have Lightning, and, and then you have this state chains. Yeah, so uh, I, I like the idea of the virtual open time. Mm-hmm. So I guess walk me through this and like there, there's no mobile application for this yet. Uh, no, it's a de- it's a, yeah, so it's a desktop application. Okay, so, awesome. Yeah. And so I, I have yet to check it out, but basically walk me through just as, as a customer, as a user, I download your app on my computer 
and yeah. like what what all does it look like walk me through the process yeah. so and i guess you get into like you know there's like state coins so am i going to send bitcoin mm-hmm. to this wallet like what is that yeah so you download the app you go on our website comes straight from github uh, you install it um, you create a seed a phrase 12 word seeds so everyone who you know has bitcoin should be familiar with that and then once you're in the wallet you can create state coins and you choose the denomination. Is it 0.1, 1, 0.1, or you can make up your own denomination. That creates a kind of a special address, which is kind of shared with the state chain server and you, the client, and you can deposit your coin. So that's basically like creating a virtual open dime and generating an address and sending the money to it. Once you're in there, that's your state coin. If you know Mercury was to die, you always have a backup transaction to be able to pull that out. So you always maintain custody. So that's really like breaking the, you know, the, the virtual open dime open, getting private key and being able to spend it. So you've always got that. In the meantime, you can send it to other people, you know, send it like a normal Bitcoin, but it's instant. It, you know, there's no confirmation. There's no you know, 10 minute blocks. It's basically a, an instant transfer. One of the first services we built was a way to swap coins. So we have these swap pools. So you can go in there with, say, your 0.1 Bitcoin and swap your coin with other coins. Now, it's very different than a coin join where you get, first of all, it's off-chain. So there's nothing going on in the blockchain when you swap. And essentially, you're swapping your history. So it's not like a coin join, which creates this kind of massive coin join transaction. Basically, nothing's actually created. It's all happening off-chain. So, you know, some people are using that to kind of like, you know, swap, swap their history, leave leave the state chain and you know they have basically a brand new coin with different history yeah and like for myself i'm still confused like the difference of actually swapping a coin so like i have 0.1 yeah 0.1 and we give each other like our 0.1s so like is that the same thing that happens or like what is the the distinction between swapping history and actually swapping coins and again it's the same thing though isn't it like Okay. If me and you were to, if me and you were to basically have a you know, a dot one open dime each and we put it in a you know let's maybe me you and two others we all have a point one open dime we put it in a jar we shake it a few times we pull that coin out uh, that that open dime out that's what we've done we have no idea whose history we got could have got the, the same history we put in but the more people in that jar the more unlikely that is but yeah that's what happens you're shaking you're you're mixing these coins you're shaking them transfer yeah and essentially it is the same thing that happens with a coin join on wasabi except it is off chain yes uh, and with coin joins you get that big transaction on on yeah on the bitcoin blockchain which kind of aggregates all these coins grinds them into different outputs you don't see any of that on the bitcoin on the blockchain with this because this is happening off chain and it's a coin swap it's not creating a special transaction it's just yeah, it's no different than you, me and you swapping our laptops or something. Yeah, I mean, which is probably my favorite thing and others' favorite part about coin swaps is that yeah. it is, I guess, a way to eliminate the quote-unquote taint that is seen with coin joins. And basically, right. if you have uh, financial surveillance companies, chain analysis, looking for that, if you go on any block explorer and you have a UTXO that you coin join, it will say basically like a little tag of information that this has definitely been coin joined. And yeah, you're like, and well, crap. 
I, mm-hmm. I, I don't want that there. So for example, if I had a UTXO that said that, I could take that UTXO, send it to Mercury Wallet and basically just get a brand new UTXO of the same value that is quote unquote clean. Yes and no. So like, you know, whether there's a positive, there's a negative. With a coin join, you do get these tainted coins. Uh, you get this one Uber coin uh, transaction, which is all grinded together. With a coin swap, you don't know who you're swapping with. So you may get a, a, a worse coin. So we do broadcast the swaps we do. So if, for example, you were to go into a coin swap and you've got an undesirable coin, like a coin join coin, and you know for whatever reason people said, why have you got this coin? You can prove against the Bitcoin blockchain that you participated in the coin swap. So that kind of gets you out of, you know, if you've got like a dirty, you know, a, right. a not, a not, a, an undesirable coin. But yeah, it's cleaner on the blockchain in that there's no on-chain taint, but then you do have a risk of getting an undesirable coin, which I guess then you could right. do a coin join. <laughs> or, but, you know, we, and we, we, we yeah, that, that's, that's the key difference right now. So, so if you actually had a coin join UTXO that you want to swap for, again, a untainted clean coin, and you mm-hmm. actually got a less desirable UTXO back or piece of Bitcoin yeah. that has already been coin joined, May not, not have been the same one that you put in, but you just got like, you know, you it yeah. wasn't clean to your standards. You could actually yeah. put that back in at no fee and potentially well, yeah. receive another clean. So so you always put correct, you always create you always have a fee. Obviously, there's always a Bitcoin transaction fee when you come into the state chain. But when you're in the state state chain, there is no fee. So you can swap as much as you want. You know, you, we actually have a button called auto swap where you could just leave it for a few days and see what you come up with. <laughs> That's awesome. So after that swap is over, do you not see the result of that yes, until you, you, it goes, yeah, you would, it settles on chain and you go look on the block? Explorer? No, no, no. You, you would see the coin you've got. So if you've, you would see the coin and you could look at its history and yeah. Awesome. So it do, would have all the details presented if you go yes. use a block explorer yourself. Yes. You would see, yeah, you would be able to match it to the new coin you have. That, that really is awesome and so as far as like the privacy goes is it sort of similar and maybe to the audience i'm kind of speaking like beyond uh their understanding but i've had uh nadav cohen on talking about dlcs and everything so is it kind of similar to like you as i guess like a a coordinator like uh, like how wasabi and samurai call themselves like a quarter coordinator but you as like you as a central service i mean are you able to know who is using the wallet and the identity of that person and their transaction and all this or is it kind of like in a dlc like that oracle it's kind of like blind to who's participating in the values yeah so we're more like a layer two like running a lightning node or running liquid a side chain so we're more like that in terms of who connects to us you know we can we only expose our endpoints via tor and when you're participating in a swap, you create a new tool endpoint anyway. So we're totally blinded and all the information we, we have, we, we, we publish anyway, which is kind of like the, essentially the, the swaps, which, mm-hmm. but again, any, everyone's open to seeing that it's all public and, you know, from running your you client, you get access to that. So in that sense, yeah, we, yeah, there's nothing we have that you, right. you users wouldn't have. Right. So, I mean, you publish, it's kind of like proof of swap. I think you even yeah, coined. Yeah. Yeah, we call it we call it proof of scam. I think that's a, we say right, so, but but that's kind of like for a separate issue. So like there is a risk. Like as I said, all layer twos, you know, 
They're not as good as layer ones, and that's why they're faster and cheaper. Um, in theory, if Mercury cooperated with a previous owner, the funds could be taken. However, because every time you do a transfer, you have this kind of back up, back out transaction. If, for example, you give me, you know, I gave you the, the state coin, I then worked with the guys at Mercury to steal it, you would have a cryptographic proof that we did it, and we call it proof of scam. So you could prove that Mercury misbehaved. And yeah, and, that, and that's a worst case scenario. We, we also have other things to stop that. So we use Intel SGX to prove we deleted the key. So there's multiple layers in our protocol to, to make sure that that can't happen. But yeah, we, we, you know, we, we're open about it because you know, that's why yeah. we have this big backup transaction that would prove it. And for anyone who doesn't know what that Intel uh, software is or does, what is that? Yeah, so we, we use uh, a, basically a hardware wallet on, on the server which um, is called um, an HSM, hardware specific module. And essentially it provably deletes that we delete these key shares. So every time a state coin is transferred, a new private key is kept on the back end. We provably using Intel SGX prove that we've deleted that key. Now, you know, some people will say, well, can you trust it? Well, Yes, we think we can, but there's always an attack. It's one this of the principles. This is your friendly reminder to, to rate, subscribe, review. They say the best things, they come in threes, like rate, subscribe, review. If you rate it five stars, we can raise the bar. Subscribe so you can stay in tune. And don't forget at the very end to leave a nice review. Something like I love you, Sue. Rate, subscribe, review, please. Thank you. Not your keys, not your coin. If you're in Bitcoin and you haven't heard this, you're hearing it now. The value proposition of Bitcoin is that you are your own bank. You take complete self-custody of this thing and you don't need to trust anyone but yourself. As Uncle Ben says, with great power comes great responsibility. And I'm pretty sure that all you Bitcoiner dudes and ladies out there can put on your grown-up pants and take self-custody. Honestly, one of the best options is the Bitbox O2 by Shift Crypto. Because it's just sleek and voluptuous and lovely. And it's user-friendly. And that's what we want out of Bitcoin. We want to be able to store Bitcoin, access it, use it in a way that a toddler can. And that's pretty much what you're getting from the Bitbox O2. You got your cold storage on a hardware device and you can sleep soundly at night knowing that you're your own bank and no one else can come and steal your Bitcoin. And that's all possible with Ship Crypto's Bitbox O2. So if you want to put on your big boy and big girl pants and be a good Bitcoiner and actually own your money as opposed to putting it on an exchange or a bank, let's just call them for what they are, a bank, where they're rehypothecating that Bitcoin. And again, this isn't your Bitcoin. If you put it on there, it's theirs. And so it's not your money they're losing, it's their money they're losing because they're trying to use that Bitcoin to make more money, take the spread, the VIG, if you will, and pff, honestly, they go tits up because they're bad actors and they don't care about you and your wealth. 
because one of your Bitcoins with them is no longer yours. So if you want to bypass all of that, go to shiftcrypto.ch and snag yourself a Bitbox 02. Use the promo code BITCOINMADESIMPLE, all caps, no spaces, for 5% off a Bitbox 02 from shiftcrypto.ch. Because self-custody is self-sovereignty. Get that Bitcoin in the right hands. Your hands. That's great. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's like every every sort of Bitcoin uh, company application like needs some sort of like credibility system. And mm-hmm. just hearing that it's it, it should send send like a market signal. And I think as Bitcoiners, mm-hmm. they're just going to flock to more solutions like that. Yeah. I, I, as I said, I think, you know, layer twos aren't finished on bitcoin but they're growing and we're one of the three layer twos and we're live we're public and i think it gives people an alternative yeah so are you pretty much like the first company to actually successfully make something with a state chain and how do you think you can attract more liquidity and and usage towards this yeah, we're definitely the first. Um, if anyone else has done it, they've, they've been in skunk works because we've not heard about it. And we've spoken to Ruben, the, the, the guy who wrote the paper about it. So yeah, I, I think we're the first. But um, in, in terms of getting more liquidity, I think there's the, the social aspect of getting on to you know, shows like yours. Then there's the technical aspects where we're going to do more integration. So we, we're trying to integrate into the Lightning Network. So um, that hopefully should be about you know two months away. I think once we're in Lightning, we, we give an alternative for people going into the Lightning network, into a state chain and out. Mm-hmm. I think you know, that's one of the toolings. We're integrating with various um, things like Get Umbro. Uh, and yeah, I think more and more technology integrations. That's, that's what we can do as engineers. You know, on the social side, you know, go on shows like yours and you know, go, to, go to more conferences. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of other uh, applications. So if we take Lightning, if I'm running a Lightning node or I'm just using like Lightning Blue Wallet, then I could like go from my Lightning, my, my Blue Wallet Lightning basically to Mercury Wallet and send it still like as like a Lightning yeah. transaction and yeah. still I mean, use I'll... it because like still use that Mercury because it's still a UTXO and it's still creating like a state UTXO in Mercury because eventually these are still in a sense IOUs that eventually settle to Bitcoin eventually. And so yeah, I you mean, can you can basically mix or I'm sorry, swap on Lightning with Mercury. Yeah. So I, I, I that's where we want to be eventually. Our initial use case is that you come in and you buy one of these you know state coins which you know empty open dimes with a lightning payment and then it's yours and then you deposit money into it. So you could essentially buy these state coins with Lightning. And I think that kind of gives us a little, you know, kind of entry into Lightning and, it, you know, kind of right. solves. It actually increased the privacy of, 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 of the state chain itself because you wouldn't, you know, we, all we would see is a Lightning payment coming in. Yeah. Then we sell them a state coin. They then put whatever they want to put on it. We have no idea. We just see this kind of like, you know, payment that they made for us in Lightning. And that's what we transfer. And I think that would, kind of open up a few use cases on Lightning. Um, it's interesting you met DLCs because um, um, one of the, I think one of the guys on the DLC project, Chris Stewart here, he tweeted about us a while, a few, about a week ago saying he's playing with us and he's playing with us uh, with uh, Mercury. And you know, he's, he's thinking of DLC things he could do on that. So I, I think 
when you integrate lightning with DL, with with a state change, you you have use cases around DLCs that probably haven't been thought of yet. Yeah, and and so you say you said that you buy one of these state coins with lightning. So yeah. is, is that kind of what by by that do you mean like I use lightning to buy this the state coin? That's like my ticket to to entry, and then yeah, after yeah, I buy that yeah, coin, yeah. I can send as many UTXOs yeah, so or L. So think of it, we'd be selling a stake coin, which would essentially be an empty, it'd have no money on it, clearly, uh, an empty, um, what's it called again? It'd be a, like an empty open dime, and then you put money into it. You, you then put your Bitcoin into it. Like I'm it buying an account. It's like an account, like one time. You're, you're, you're buying an empty open dime or an empty ledger. I mean, ultimately, it's probably more like a hardware wallet. You're buying a virtual hardware wallet that you can put money into. Wait, would it physically like come to me? <laughs> Well, I mean, it's not physical. Or I, like, is this all just still theoretically? No, no. So you'd go onto your wallet. You, you would want to buy a stake coin. You'd get a lightning invoice. You'd pay for it. And then you've got a stake coin that you can deposit your Bitcoin into. Okay. Uh, but again, like, if, is there an option for an actual hardware, like physical device? Oh, no, no, we haven't. We haven't not yet. <laughs> maybe that's okay. a, an interesting idea in the future, maybe. But, um, yeah, lots yeah. in translation there. But no, that, that yeah. would be fun i guess like the more variations of open dimes maybe yeah. a variation where you don't actually have, literally have to break it which in this case that might be the case because yeah, it's well, not like settled bitcoin yeah yeah this is a virtual open time so very much so yeah no but like what, what i was saying like if you actually sold like physical devices it could be open dimes to where like you i maybe not have to like break open to access because it's still representing like the state coin in a sense. So you, yeah, it, the concept the, is still a physical, like a virtual open dime, but I'm yeah. just curious if maybe there's like a physical, like actual option. I'm just like talking on my ass by now, but. No, no, we thought, obviously we can't take support from normal hardware wallets because we, you know, cryptography we use. So you yeah. could, yeah, have a physical representation like that. Yeah, probably a lot of things to think about there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And what would you personally like to see out of this? Like what ideas do you have and also what's on the roadmap? And if you can't disclose all of this, that that's fine. But like, what would you personally like to see? Because again, I, I like to understanding these things and like abstract them to the point where the layman can understand is like problem solution, identify the problem and then build that solution. So what ultimately out of this, do you want to see actually manifest yes. that you the personally short- desire? Yeah, so short term, obviously, we you know we would like people to use this for privacy, and we, we think it's uh, it's, it's, it's an niche use case, but it's useful. Longer term, you know, I'd say mid term, probably mid term. I would like to people to see state change as a way of you know moving Bitcoin off chain and alter- not an alternative to like Lightning, but uh, you know solving a different use case to Lightning, where there's maybe larger amounts where the liquidity lockups isn't a problem, you know. I've, mm-hmm. I've spoken very casually to some like miners who would like to use this to move their Bitcoin around off chain. You, you start to look at those use cases. And I think longer term, obviously the key thing, a great thing for us, where if people were building on top of state chains like DLCs, you know, who knows, NFT platforms, <laughs> betting platforms, we're, we're not, you know, some people have come onto our group and mentioned things like that. We're, we're not actively doing that, but that'd be cool because, you know, we've built the protocol. It'd be good for, you know, kind of more application developers to build on top of that. But, you know, I think that's probably a while away, but that, that, that would be a good end state. Yeah. And like, is there anything in particular that you are just like dying to see be created out of this? 
I'm, like, what does Nicholas like need in his life from this thing that he built? Well, it's working, so I'm quite content there. But um, yeah, more, more liquidity. You know, I'd like to see it as one of the settlement options of Bitcoin. I think, you know, as, as if you believe in Bitcoinization, which I think you do, you know, there's going to need to be more infrastructure to move large amounts of Bitcoin every day. Um, state change is a bit like a, a, the, the way they move gold. You know, you have all these gold and these vaults in the Federal Reserve, or in our case, the Bank of England. The gold trades all day long, but the gold never moves. Yeah, yeah, you could see a world where state change is used as a non-custodial, you know, way of trading Bitcoin all day, but the Bitcoin has stayed, of, you know, on the blockchain. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah. So no one actually knows who's trading because I think uh, as this this ecosystem matures, we're going to need advanced ways of managing Bitcoin or moving it. You know, you you can't. I can't see a world where trading shops, you know, look at other people's Bitcoin and see where they're sending it, having this kind of off-chain way to say large amounts i think is interesting and i think people will build use cases on top of that yeah and i think this could actually like state chains in general can be applied beyond bitcoin and listening to your interviews you do come across as very open-minded and you're a technology maximalist as you say which i really do appreciate and i've Mm -hmm. kind of like personally backed off of like i guess the toxic bitcoiner and just kind of looking at the technology in itself and how that can be utilized. So, I mean, have you personally considered, I mean, if we go back to, to gold and I'm sure there have been like uh, whatever, like GLD, like gold, like blockchain things, but I mean, this sounds like another way for like derivative trading, but with, with Bitcoin or Bitcoin well, in a way for other assets. Yeah, I mean, we're not doing this at the moment, but the reason we looked at state chains is because we were looking at DLCs. We actually, um, <clears throat> we had a few conversations with the guy you mentioned, was it Nadav Cohen? We actually spoke, Nadav, to him a yeah. Few, yeah, we spoke to him a few years ago. And one of the problems we had with DLCs was that, you know, DLC basically works, me and you get into a bet. Let's, let's, I don't know, let's bet on the weather for next week or the Bitcoin price for next week. And the, an Oracle at some point in the future would uh, broadcast the result and either me or you lose. Now mm-hmm. that's great, but the biggest problem with that, if you you know if you come from traditional finance, which I think you do, if you remember, is that the money is locked up for, till the bet is known. Yeah, so it's very it has to it. go in an escrow yeah. before so, anything happens. Yeah, so in traditional finance, that just wouldn't happen because that's very capital inefficient. The money's stuck; it's not earning interest; it can't be traded. So we originally looked at state chains as a way of moving those bets. So if I'm in a bet but i want to get out of it and sell it to my friend i can and that's initially how we looked at state chains that was the the reason we actually you know were googling stuff or read read ruben's paper so you know that i think could happen um, maybe mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of tricky things on the ui but i think short term or medium term is more about moving you know small large big chunks of bitcoin off chain without leading any on-chain footprint and i think that's needed right and again, you still, because markets are built on trust regardless. And so there's yes. still going to be the element of like, can I trust well, Mercury and this company? Yes, and so, especially so Merc- in that case Mercury's where not you're censor- still moving. Yeah. So Mercury is not censorship resistant. You have to kind of trust us to move the money, but it's non-custodial. Yeah. You can always take your money back. So if you're not happy with Mercury or if we get, you know, whatever, if we just vanish for whatever reason, you can always take your funds out. And I, and I think that's... Mm-hmm. You know, especially where the trust is an issue with your counterparties, that's where things like lightning, you know, lightning and mercury kind of help. You don't necessarily have to trust your your counterparty. 
Right, right. And and so have you basically dodged the the need for like liquidity as like money's moving around? Like, have you dodged the bullets of basically like a run on the bank in this case, since it's not it's not custodial? Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, you don't have to trust them. the liquidity is not locked up, if that's what I mean. It's not right. It's 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 there. I mean, you have a private key that you yeah. It's as good, it's as normal as a Bitcoin private key. I mean, it is a Bitcoin private key. There is some just trust assumptions you have to make with Mercury. But you know, you, you are in control of the funds, you know, ultimately. Yeah, definitely. I've I feel like I had another question for you, but oh, so um you may have already answered this, so apologies in advance, but like how exactly like is that being moved? Is it like automatically like with algorithm or is it actual like like key shifts, like moving from like one database to the other. How does yeah, that really so work? The, the technology behind, okay, I'm a software guy and not a cryptographer. We do have cryptographers on the team who did some funky stuff. But essentially we use our MPC, multi-party computation. And essentially with a combination of two-party ECDSA, we create this funky private key, which has two parts to it. You, the, the guy running the uh, Mercury wallet has one of the keys associated. We have the other. But, you know, you need to cooperate with us to move the funds or to take the funds out. But if we vanish, you've still got this kind of signed backup transaction to pull the funds out. So it acts like a multi-sig in a sense. Yeah, it's it's two-party. Yeah, so it's unlike a multi-sig. It's more, yeah, it's, yeah, it's more, yeah, you could think of it that way. Like Lightning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of similarities to Lightning. It's just solving a different problem. It's not competitors. It's, right, right. It's better. It, yeah, it's better for you. Don't need liquidity locked up in the network like you do in the Lightning Network, but you can only send private keys, so you can't do you know micropayments, fraction of, you know, you can't break mm-hmm. up your denominations. And, and so, like, what is the main reason why it's not for micropayments? And I think you you discuss like it's easier for accounting or just like moving. But, because you're, uh, you're essentially you're you're backed into dollar bill land. You know, basically these these state coins represent a fixed denomination, basically whatever you've put on them. So, you know, you're not going to, yeah. And, and also there's always going to be that limitation. I mean, uh, you've got to, for the state coin to be worth anything, it's got to be worth more than the Bitcoin transaction fee. You know, so, yeah, because yeah. ultimately you want to be able to pull it back on chain. So, yeah. And, you know, if you've got large amounts, it's, it's a bit like going to, to back to dollar bills or gold bars. It's not like having micro, you know, payments or, unpredictable payments which is what lightning's good for right awesome i i, I think that's very much all the, the questions i <laughs> have so i mean nick i really do appreciate this and i'm really excited to see what this stuff looks like and what's going to be built with it and on top of it moving forward and is there anything that you want to share with the audience for where they can find this and play with it and any any uh fun sneak peek releases they should be on the lookout for yeah, if you, if you go to mercurywallet.com, you know, have a download if you want some help using it. If you go to our Twitter, um, you know, we our pinned message is a YouTube video, which gives you like an eight-minute tutorial. Uh, yeah, those are the first places. In terms of, yeah, we tweet quite a lot about what we're building, integrations coming up. We have a Discord channel if you want to need any help or if you want to moan at us, and tell us it's rubbish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, but yeah, have a play. I mean, it's it's, it's tell it. Telegram is my all-time favorite. Do y'all have a Telegram channel yet? No, but we're probably going to have to get one. We try to avoid Telegram. You know how Telegram gets 
botted and spammed. Uh, yeah, yeah, very much so. Very much so. <laughs> Actually, I, have yeah, you by, so yeah, sorry. Oh, have you by chance hit up BTC sessions to make a tutorial of how this works yet? Funny enough, he, he I think he'd be quite keen on doing it. Well, he did a tutorial about us right at the beginning when we were in alpha. Uh, I think we called ourselves in beta, but you know, just randomly he messaged us about four months ago, five months ago, and did his own tutorial without speaking to us. So we were quite grateful. I did bump into him in Bitcoin Miami and said, say thank you. But um, yeah, he already you know, did, a, did a really nice show about us. And we weren't too happy at the time because we were very much in beta. And we thought, oh God, the guy's going to see all these bugs. But you know, it, was, it turned out okay. Yeah, well, at least you know you can count on him to do another one as y'all make those updates. But yeah. uh, that that is awesome, great dude. I always send people to his channel for everything, how how to Bitcoin this and that. So shout out yeah. to him, and also shout out to Shinobi Brian Trolls for actually getting this uh, together and and just you know sharing all this like Bitcoin information because it can be be daunting. And sometimes people like to say Bitcoin is boring, nothing's happening with it. And it's thanks to people like you and your team that are actually bringing forth the solutions that we need in a changing economic uh, just world, economic conditions, and you know what that transition to a Bitcoin standard is going to be looking like. So I, I really do appreciate all the hard work and dedication that you're putting into this with, with your team, Nicholas. No, thanks. And uh, thanks for having me on your show. Awesome. Uh, that's about it, folks. So go follow Nicholas. Nicholas, where can people find you and the, the team and all, all that? Yeah, just mercurywallet.com. Come check out our, our, our GitHub account. You'll see all the guys that are making contributions. It's you know, amazing. It's mostly guys who work for Commerce Block, but occasional outsiders are contributing. If you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter, Gregory underscore Nico. I'm not a prolific tweeter. I have to try and avoid the, the Bitcoin maxi stuff. But yeah, that just means that you're busy and you're productive and you're making shit happen. I, I do yes, read Twitter. Yeah. It is entertaining. But yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, guys, thanks again for listening. And as always, own your failure because God knows our so-called leaders do not. Peace out, Sarnara. Adios to next time. Toodles. And that will wrap it up for this week's episode. Thanks again for stopping by and listening. Hope you enjoyed it. It was a nice little concise less than an hour convo that I had with Nick. So again, Nick, thanks again. Shinobi, thanks again for setting this up. And as always, thanks again to our sponsors, Shift Crypto. Go to shiftcrypto.ch for 5% off a Bitbox 02. And yeah. I'm excited about wallets in general and Bitcoin in general. So a lot is happening and a lot's going to be happening here on the network. So make sure you tune in every week for my episodes, Luke's episodes on fixed money, and of course, Corey's flagship episodes. So as always, peace out, sayonara, adios, and own your failure because God knows our so-called leaders do not. And I will see you cats on the flippity flop. Peace out. So